Hi guys. Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. I want to talk about living with purpose today. Do we live with purpose every day of our lives? Uh, let me read you some scripture. Philippians 2. Paul is speaking. Well, I had it here and now it's not going to come up. Let me find it real quick. There it is. Paul's speaking to the church at Philippi, and he says this very succinct thing. He says, if you want to make me truly happy, agree wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. We should have one purpose in life, right? What is your purpose? Have you figured it out yet? It took me a while to figure out what my purpose was. And so I want to tell you a little story of, of how that went. And I'll take you through some, uh, some things that happened when we were making some movies. Some of you guys have seen Facing the Giants. Some of you guys have seen Fireproof. Let me tell you how we got to that point. Let's see if this is going to work. Maybe, maybe not. Hit the button on that. and We'll just have to go through it. When I was in college, the Barna Group put out a research on what is it that influences culture. Hit the button again. And, you know, 300 years ago, it was the church, right, that influenced culture. The church was the one that commissioned all the great arts. The church was the one that built the great institutions of learning. The church was the one uh, that set those things up that really created culture. But what is it today that influences culture? Hit it again for me. There's three things. Music, movies, and the internet. And so I looked at it and I thought, wait a minute, if the church isn't influencing culture anymore, shouldn't we as Christians be influencing those three things? And God put it on my heart that maybe I should get into movies. Now this was 30 years ago. And I thought, wouldn't this be a great idea to use movies? The one thing that people go to every Friday night, a lot of people that never go to church, right, go to movies every Friday night. And when they go see a movie, they drop their guard. Unlike if you take your friends to church, they're probably going to put their guard up, right? And they're going to say, oh, that pastor's giving me a guilt trip or something. Now, you take your friend to a movie, what happens? They sit there and they watch that silver screen in a dark room with 100 people, and they let their heart get touched. That's what movies do. And so I thought, what a great idea. Why don't I start making Christian movies that'll get the gospel out. Well, it didn't, didn't work that easy. <laughs> 30 years ago, Hollywood couldn't care less about Christian films. They didn't even like family films. And I couldn't get distribution. I couldn't get my movies into theaters. And what good is a great movie if nobody sees it, right? So I tried and I tried and I tried and I just keep hitting brick walls. But God put it on my heart to do it, so I continue to hone my skills. I worked in the secular world of Hollywood and got better and better at what I did. And I learned how to do all the different things that you do when making a movie so that one day I'd be ready. And about 15 years ago, I got fed up. I said, this is never going to happen. There's, there's no way you can get a Christian film into the mainstream theatrical system 
and it's never going to happen. So I, I'm done. I actually said to God, I'm finished. This was a stupid idea. I don't know why I ever came up with this. It'll never happen. I'm finished. And I actually had a guy that was going to buy my business here in Orlando, and I was going to retire. I was done. That very month, hit the button, I had a divine appointment. Have you ever had a divine appointment? Amen. Something that you look back on, you go, wait a minute. That wasn't a coincidence. Something's going on here. Three guys came to my studio here in Orlando from a little church in Albany, Georgia. And they said, we want to make a movie and we want you to help us. Because they really didn't know how to make a movie. And so I said, okay, I love to do that. I did a lot of work with Christian ministries, travel all over the world with Campus Crusade and different groups. And I said, okay, I can help you. What do you want to do? Send me a script. So about uh, a month later, they sent me the screenplay for a little movie about a football team. And I read it, and I loved it, and I called them back and I said, hey, I think we can help you make this movie, but what you've got to have is some real crew, because you've got a lot of volunteers there, but you've never made a movie before. So I'd like to bring my Hollywood director of photography, my Hollywood sound man, and my Hollywood gaffer, who is the lighting technician, right? I think we can help you with your volunteers make a movie. They said, great, bring them on. So I said, okay, um, we all work for a living. What's your budget? <laughs> Dead silence. I thought the phone had dropped out. <laughs> they said, we're a church. We don't have a budget. But they said, we can house you and we can feed you. We've got a little missionary house across the street from the church. We'll put some cots out. You can sleep on the floor there, and every day the Sunday school groups are going to come and make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for lunch. <laughs> Not Hollywood. <laughs> so, hit the button. So we went to Albany, Georgia, and we made this little movie, Facing the Giants. Now, to get my crew to come to Albany, Georgia, I knew if I called them and said there's no budget, they'd never come. They're, they're freelance guys. They work from check to check. So I sent them the script first, and they read it and they loved it, and I got them really into the project, and I said, this is the project that God really wants us to make. They were Christian guys, and when they were ready to go, I said, now, I said, have you ever been on a mission trip? Right? And they said, no, what's a mission trip? I said, we're going to Albany, Georgia on a mission trip. So we went to Albany for six weeks, and we made this little movie. Hit the button, and I'll show you a scene. Thirty? I think he goes to fifty. 
<laughs> I can go to the pit too if nobody's on my back. And you know Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do one hold. One. Because I want you to give it up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. Tight hold, Jeremy. All right, let's go, Brock. You can use off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. Little bit left. Little bit left. There you go. Jeremy, get up. That way, Brock. Keep coming. There you go. Good start. You are the most 
most influential clicker on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140 pound man across this whole field in your arms. button there on that one. So we go to this little town in Albany, Georgia, and we make this little movie thinking there's no way that we're ever going to get distribution for this movie. It's, it's a little cheesy Christian movie made by a little Baptist church in, in a little town in Georgia. And, but they're wonderful people. We're having a blast, having a wonderful you know, mission trip for six weeks. And about halfway through the shoot, this is the summer of 04, it's July of 04, and I went across to the church and there's these big banners they put up, facing the giants, coming August of 04. <laughs> and I'm going, this, wait a minute, this is July. There's no way they can finish it by August. So I go to the pastor and I say, you've got to take those banners down. There's no way that we can finish the movie. Here we are just shooting the movie. And, and it'll never get finished. And he said, oh, no, no, no. We've prayed over it. The church has seen all the banners. You have to get the movie finished. <laughs> So every Friday night, I'm driving back from Albany to Orlando. All weekend, I'm editing together what we had shot that week. And on Sunday, I drive back to Albany. Monday morning, I'm showing it to all the volunteers. Look, we're making a movie. Please keep coming out every day. And then Friday night, driving back here, editing it all together. So that by the time we had finished the shoot, I had rough cut the whole movie together. And I gave it to them at the wrap party, and I said, I think you can make August. All you have to do is put in the sound effects, clean it up, do some music, I think you'll be, you'll be finished. They said, thank you very much. We shook hands, thinking we'll never hear from these guys again. This was a wonderful six weeks, but that's the end of that, right? Maybe they'll sell it in the church, that's the end of that. I get a call from them a month later. Alex Kendrick calls me and he says, we've had a terrible disaster. I said, what? He said, the hard drives have fallen off the table and broken, we've lost all the footage. Now, I had all the footage here in Orlando on tapes, and I said, okay, it's not the end of the world. Send me a hard drive. I'll load it all back on again. But it was like 300 tapes. It was hours, hundreds of hours. So he sends me a hard drive, and I start loading back. But they lost a month and a half. So they're getting into August, still not done. Next month, I get a call from Alex. My wife's having a baby. I can't finish the movie. i got to deal with the baby. Okay, you do what you have to do. Don't worry about the movie. The next month, I get a call from the music guy in the church who's going to write the music for the movie. He says, I can't finish doing the music because the Christmas cantata is coming up and I've got to teach the choir how to sing the Christmas cantata. One thing after another, they couldn't finish the movie. They were getting really frustrated. Right through 04, got into January of 05, still not done. 
And every month they're sending me a DVD and we'll get on the phone and we'll say, oh, take that out. Oh, that acting is bad. Cut that out. Do something else. It took them a whole year to finish the movie. It was July of 05 when they finally got to about version 9 and it was pretty good at that point. And I said, okay, I think this is good. You can sell it in the church now. And they said, oh, no, no, no. We're going to L.A. We're going to get a distribution deal. I laughed on the phone. I said, there's no way you're going to get a distribution deal. You won't even get a meeting in L.A. And they said, oh, no, no, we're going next week. Who should we talk to? <laughs> I said, you're going to sit in the hotel the whole week and make phone calls because it takes three or four months just to get a meeting, let alone any meeting, with a studio in L.A. They said, we've prayed about this. We're going. So off they go. I get a call from L.A. We just met with Paramount. They love the movie. They want to do a distribution deal. What do we do? How did you get a meeting with Paramount? The next day, we just met with 20th Century Fox. They want to do a better deal than Paramount. What do we do? Every day, they were meeting with big studios in LA and getting a distribution deal. And I'm thinking, what has happened here? What's happened between the summer of 04 and the summer of 05? Hit the button. That movie. That movie made 640 million bucks. They got to L.A. right when every studio in L.A. wanted what they called a God film. Here we are. At that point, we'd spent $80,000 total. So here we are with our $80,000 DVD, speaking with 20th Century Fox, and they want to throw money at this movie to distribute it. Now, if that's not a God thing, I don't know what is. God engineered that and held them off for a whole year, even though they were very frustrated. Why can't we get this movie done? If they had finished it back in August of 2004, you never would have heard of Facing the Giants. Fireproof never would have been made. Courageous never would have been made. War Room never would have been made. But they were faithful, and God held them off to exactly the right time when that movie came out and made a ton of money, and now that opened the eyes of Hollywood. Hit the button again. So... We saw God do an amazing thing, and I started to see my purpose. You know, I had hit my head against a brick wall for so many years, and then when I gave up and I kind of got out of the way, God said, Okay, now let me show you what I can do. And He engineered this little $80,000 church movie. It went to theaters in September of 05, made $10.5 million at the box office. And so far, has made about $100 million around the world. Amen. Who could have even fathomed that? In fact, we thought it was just good enough to get a distribution deal. But God had even a bigger plan than that. Because right before the movie came out, the MPAA, the Motion Picture Association, did a rating. That's where you get the G and the PG and the, and the PG-13 rating. And it came out with a PG rating... And the church was quite indignant. They said, oh, we don't want a PG rating. This is a G-rated film. But under the PG, it said, because of extreme religious content. <laughs> so all of a sudden, we get free press. We're on the Leno show. We're on Good Morning America. Rush Limbaugh is on the radio saying, what is it? One of the seven deadly sins now to make a Christian film. We got all this amazing free press. And more people came out to see the movie. In fact, the distributor, Sony, took it from just the Midwest where they were going to run it, and they put about $2 million into it. They said, no, we're going nationwide. We're going to put $4 million into your movie now. 
to get nationwide uh, coverage. And it, it went on then to make a ton of money for Sony. Um, but it opened the eyes of Hollywood of what you could do with a Christian film. So Sony came back to me and said, that was a pretty good experience. We made some money on that. You got another one. <laughs> Hit the button. So we went back to Albany, Georgia, and we made Fireproof. Some of you guys have seen that. Hit the button, I'll show you a scene. Back to front! Let's go three! 
up, I just need the map. So we had seen what Facing the Giants had done around the world, but we couldn't even fathom what this movie would do. It affected so many people. I was in a screening in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where at the end of the movie when the credits are rolling, a big burly guy gets up in the middle of the theater and turns around and says, I'm a fireman and I'm going through a divorce and I need somebody to pray for me right now. Like 30 guys ran up to him and prayed. Now when have you ever seen that in a movie theater? Do you know that that movie has been documented that it's saved over a million marriages? Wow. We couldn't even fathom that. That's totally what God can do with these movies. I was starting to see my purpose. This is what God put me on this earth to do. He planted me here to tell these kind of stories because it affects people viscerally when they go see a movie. So we came back to Orlando and we figured we'd make some movies here. Go again. And so we made a little movie called Letters to God, right here in Winter Garden, <coughs> shot right down there on Dillard Street and all over Winter Garden. Again, not knowing how God could take this true story of a little boy going through cancer. <coughs> and so we made the movie, we distributed it. I get a call from Madrid, Spain. And there's a group there putting on a film festival for children. And they said, we've picked a movie from all these countries around the world that are children's movies, and we picked your movie from America. You're the only American film. We want to fly you out to Madrid and screen the movie so that you can be there to do a Q&A with the kids after the movie. So I said, I'd love to go to Madrid. So off I go. They screen the movie all week, every day for a week, and they bus public school kids to see these movies. It was not a Christian event. It was a totally secular event. And they would show the movies, and they had a movie from Iran, and a movie from Israel, and a movie from Finland, and we were the only American movie. And so after the movie would run, I would come up and do a question and answer with the kids. And then they'd come up and shake my hand. And time and again, the teachers would come up to me and shake my hand and pull me in close and say, I can't talk about God in the church, uh, in, the, in the school. I'm not allowed to tell the kids about Jesus in the, in the school. Thank you, because you've just shown them the gospel in this movie. We didn't engineer that. That was totally God. We didn't make any of those phone calls. We just put the movie out there, and God used it around the world to do those kind of things. Hit the button. Um, we'll move on here pretty fast, because we're running out of time. So keep going. Keep going. This is Winter Garden. Keep going. This is a shooting right down here on Dillard Street. Keep going. Keep going. We made another movie called, keep going, called To Write Love in Her Arms. I don't know if you've seen this, but this came out a couple of years ago. True story of a campus crusade kid that got into cutting. You know how teenagers are cutting themselves, self-mutilation. And we saw a study that showed when kids do that, the next step is suicide because they hate themselves so much. 
So we wanted to tell this story to save kids' lives. So we shot this in Orlando, came out, it was about to come out about two years ago, and, and about three months before it was going to be released by Sony, remember when Sony got hacked by the North Koreans and they released five movies? This was one of the movies they released. And we were devastated. Our movie was immediately out there for free around the world. We didn't know what we were going to do. The very next day, I start getting emails from all over the world, Germany, Australia. Kids had seen this movie. It was made for 13 to 22-year-olds, and they know how to share movies online, right? <laughs> I'm getting these emails, and they're saying, I'm so sorry that I ripped off your movie, but I was going to commit suicide, and now I'm not. Thanks for making your movie. So that's the reason that we do this. We know that it works. God is using this. I believe Christian Movies is the greatest evangelistic tool of our time. Because it gets to a very uh, specific population that may never go to church. But they go to movies all the time. And we can touch their hearts and minds. Hit the button again. So I'll run through these pretty fast. The mo I tell my crew the most important component of making a movie is prayer. It's not about the cameras and the music and the talent. Prayer. And so we bathe these projects in prayer. Keep going. And then we tell them that these movies are not just to capture people in an audience in, in a theater for 90 minutes. It's more than a movie. Because it starts a dialogue. Like Fireproof, people wanted to have a two-way dialogue. So we had to create a whole curriculum where people could go online and buy books and, and DVD series and all sorts of things to go deep. The movie can't really go deep into theology. But all the curriculum can. And so these movies stop people in their day-to-day -day craziness and it starts a dialogue and they want to know more and that's where we can really touch their hearts and minds hit it again so keep going there's there's one thing i wanted to show you very interesting thing happened Let's hit one more these are photographs taken by a friend of mine one more in the jungles of new guinea uh, dale stroud he, he travels the world for mission groups and he photographs the missionaries and recently, he had gone to New Guinea, to this crazy tribe with bones in their noses, headhunters. And he said it took like two weeks to get to this place. Little puddle jumper airplanes, dugout canoes, donkeys. He finally gets to the top of this mountain where this little village is. And they put out a sheet. And they have a little putt-putt generator they start up and a little projector. And what do they do? They show facing the giants. <laughs> it totally blew him away. And he had to come back and tell me. Now, I didn't think we'd ever get our movie into the jungles of Papua New Guinea. But God has a, a, a plan and a use for this. And so that's what I'm talking about when I say living with purpose. You have a purpose. God has planted you wherever you are for a very specific reason. It took me a while to figure it out. And I had to keep hit my head against a brick wall. But God was saying, keep at it, keep at it. Now, I just turn up. That's all I do. Every morning I say, God, what's my assignment today? How can I bless somebody today? I just show up because he does amazing things. We didn't have time for me to tell you all the miracles that happened on the set when we were making those movies. Every day God showed up and it was awesome. And I can't wait to get out there and do it again. So thank you guys. Appreciate your time. Thank you.